Hello, and welcome to the Three Wheel Podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan, and today I have Bruce Harpel here with me, the VP of Delivery. Did I hit that? You hit it right, that kind, Danny. That kind of rhymes, too. <laughs> Yo, I'm Bruce. I'm the VP of Delivery. Yeah. All right. So you I, you have um, do an amazing job with uh, the tasks that we give to you. We went to, we were, Tommy and I were talking earlier and uh, we think we might have more projects than we do have people, and that's kind of crazy. <laughs> that's a great but, thing. We love it. <laughs> we'll take it. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you've got a lot on your plate and managing all these different projects. Uh, it's amazing what you do, Bruce. Hey, thanks, Dan. I appreciate it. You betcha. Uh, so today we wanted to talk about um, migrating to Office 365. And uh, I think it, it sounds so simple, right? Uh, and you probably you probably run into this all the time. Well, we've got our, you know, we, we've set up our initial sites in, in Office 365 and, and it's all done. And there's not very much to this. And, and there's... Really, there is so much you need to be thinking about. And uh, you, when we talked earlier, you said sort of the overall theme for this podcast is be prepared. Be prepared. This is, I guess that's the Scout's motto, right? That's, that's exactly right, Danny. Yeah. And that's exactly where it came from. I was a Boy Scout. So nice. You know, I still apply that, that really basic fundamental kind of motto of the Scouts of being prepared. And I think it really truly applies to, to these migrations to Office 365. Well, get us started here. What, uh, what should we first be thinking about? Yeah, so what I thought I'd kind of start out with is just, you know, really a, a lot of times what we see happening with, with customers as they're looking at migrations is they, they really underestimate, you know, the effort and the complexity of these migrations. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I kind of try to, to think through, you know, why is that? What are some of the things that lead them to believe it's going to be an easy process to move content from point A to point B up in the cloud. And, and so some of the things I was thinking about is, and we're guilty of this as well, um, you know, one of the things is we, we assume that all these migration tools that are out there in the marketplace mm-hmm. will automatically just you know, migrate all the content. Yep. And, and in reality, if it is, that's not true. You know, will they get you 80 90% there? Absolutely. But there's a lot of content that won't migrate successfully using all these tools. So you know, that, that's one thing I think people don't anticipate and, and don't plan for and aren't prepared for. And so what do you, you tip it? Create a mitigation plan for, for that type of content? Or you see how important it is for it to move over? Or? Yeah, one of the things that we'll talk about later on is kind of the concept of, of running a, a proof of concept early on. Gotcha. You to really vet out... Um, you know, where there are gaps in those migration tools and, and the automation, you know, which really kind of leads to the next thought around why people underestimate these migrations. And the other thing we've seen is that that uh, people, they, they really don't fully understand their current state environments. I mean, they understand they've got, you know, content stored in SharePoint, mm-hmm. but, you know, depending on how much governance they had in place, how closely they really monitor and manage those environments, you know, they kind of get that, uh, you know, SharePoint sprawl and, and people, you know, take advantage of SharePoint. They, they stand up a lot of sites. There's a lot of content out there, you know, even to the point where there gets to be a lot of customizations, whether it's third party, you know, components that get added in. But they really don't truly understand, you know, especially in a large company, you may not understand all the business scenarios out there and everything everybody's doing, you know, to, um, 
to, to use, you know, SharePoint as a collabor- you know, collaboration document management platform. So, you know, a lot of people really, f- you know, underestimate, you know, how big, how widely used, and, and the depth and breadth of, of that usage. I, you know, th- talking this through, I, I, um, these typically the way people move out to office 365 is they put in exchange first and then they start looking at other things right and i I could see people saying okay well exchange was easy enough you know exchange is like moving your email you know all your email over and um there's not very many ways of customizing (laughs) exchange and i could see them sort of making the misstep of thinking oh we've already moved our exchange stuff over sharepoint's just going to be it's going to be as simple as that as well yeah, and, and the other thing, you know, really that in where SharePoint becomes more complex is if if there are customizations. Yep. Right. And and again, you know, not every IT organization understands the extent of all those customizations because it, it these customizations could have been implemented over years, mm-hmm. right? Of of using SharePoint as their, you know, content collaboration platform. So, you know, that's a, another thing is I think people don't fully understand, you know, how much customization is out there. Uh, and, and what's the purpose of that customization? How important to it you know, is it? <coughs> excuse me, to the business, uh-huh. because you've got to make some pretty important decisions about how you're going to remediate all those customizations. Yep, yep, makes sense. What's next? But I think the other thing is, in many cases, you know, IT doesn't really set realistic expectations with the business. You know, again, they think a migration is just I'm going to take this content from point A, put it in point B. Well, at the end of the day, point B looks a lot different than point A, right? Even in the Microsoft mm-hmm. ecosystem, you know, SharePoint Online has, has got some differences than, you know, SharePoint On-Prem. And, you know, assuming that that will be a simple transition for users, you know, is also where, you know, I think customers tend to underestimate the effort, you know, to really, you know, make sure those customers understand that maybe all content won't get migrated, mm-hmm. that maybe the user experience is going to be a little bit different. So, you know, really, you know, um, you know, making sure that they set expectations with the business and get them actively engaged is, is really important. And, and, and also, you know, customers, a lot of times they don't have a strategy for really branding, you know, Office 365, right? So the user experience kind of out of the box is is fine you know but there's no you know sizzle to it there's 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 no branding as far as your corporate identity mm-hmm. so you know i think in a lot of cases people don't invest the time you know to, to think about that user experience and, and what do we need to do to really optimize that experience and, and get the business engaged early on in that process mm-hmm. yep um and, and then the last thing and it's related to that is it's just you know, I think many times uh, organizations don't put enough time and investment into having an effective communication plan, you know, that just talks about the schedule for migration, the impact, what do we have to do to retrain, you know, the business community, you know, helping them understand, you know, what content has been moved, has not been moved, how to find their new content, et cetera. So those, you know, those as I think through some of the, the challenges and some of the things that companies, we see companies a lot of times not think about and uh, causes them to kind of, you know, miss the, the mark on, on their migrations being successful. I could see that, especially that communications and setting expectations inside the organization being critical for, especially if you're using moving from some other platform like Jive into Office 365, that 
there's some level setting that needs to needs to occur absolutely business yeah because it's a whole different user experience mm-hmm. uh when you're working in you know sharepoint online versus a, a drive you know you know social and collaborative platform mm-hmm. what's next so hey so let's let's do this so yeah. um what i'd like to talk about now is you know how can companies be better prepared okay right so let's just kind of talk through that i'm going to First, you know, start just talking about planning, right? Which is pretty simple, pretty basic. Everybody gets that. You need to have a plan. Yeah, so the things I want to talk about are, you know, A, the first thing, and, and Danny, I know you've experienced this. I know you tell customers this all the time. You know, you really, for these migrations, you really need to start your planning at least six months in advance. Uh, you know, we can't tell you the number of times where, you know, they're moving, customers are moving from a, a Jive platform to a SharePoint platform, or there's an impending, you know, merger, an impending acquisition where, you know, now they're going to move to an integrated, you know, uh, collaboration platform, and they start thinking about that, you know, six weeks before that event occurs. And, and quite simply, there's not enough time, right, in six weeks for a big enterprise, you know, to consolidate and migrate all this content and, and, and have a, a great user experience you know, at the end of that. So, you know, I know Danny, during the sales cycle, you talk yeah. about that and it's so critical, you know, to really, and I'm, I'm saying start at least six months. I say, at eight, least. I say eight to 10. There you go. Um, and I, I have that, uh, I have that is, you know, it's up on our site, eight to 10. And now that's, um, that's ideal. Cause we, I can typically the, um, you know, I, I try to put together an action plan for moving, for making the move. And, uh, you know, my template is really starting to, to make some of those steps, you know, um, eight months out to, to be successful. So what ends up happening sometimes is that if they bring us in too late, we have to wait another year because they're typically annual renewals. And you just say, guys, we, we're not going to be able to do this in this time frame. We don't have that luxury with mergers, unfortunately. But you know, with folks who are saying, "Oh, look, look, look at this upcoming year," if we if we focused in on Office three sixty five and maybe merged the drive into it, then we could save this money. But if you come too late, there's not this not a whole lot we can do. Yeah, absolutely. And so and the next thing I had you know, from a planning perspective, you know, in many cases, a lot of these migrations, you know, there is a business driver. You know, it, it might be a license for a platform is expired or there's, there's an acquisition, a merger, you know, coming up. Or it's just, you know, somebody's on an older platform and, and they need to move to a newer uh, version of that platform. But so a lot of these I mentioned, you know, tend to be IT initiated projects. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can't express how important it is and how critical it is to have the business, you know, totally aligned with IT. You know, there needs to be an IT executive sponsor and a business executive sponsor. And, and those two sponsors really need to be aligned and attached at the hip because it can't be, you won't be successful if it's an IT driven project. The business has to step up, has to take ownership, has to be engaged. Mm-hmm. Many times we see that not taking place and, and that's critical. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the next thing on my list in, in planning is, yeah, I call it kind of establish, I'll call them migration principles, right? The, these principles are, you know, things and decisions that really guide the team, 
you know, in, in the decision-making process, the investments they're going to make in automation, the investments they're going to make in remediation, and, and how they're going to really set proper expectations with, uh, with the, the uh, end users. You know, so, and when I say, you know, migration principles, you know, kind of the areas that I think about are, you know, you know, the content type and content mapping and prioritization. So from a content perspective, what content is in, what content's out. So what's going to get migrated, what's not going to get migrated. What are we going to just archive and, and, and put on the back burner, right? Um, you know, handling customizations. What's the principle? What's the, the, the migration principle for how we're going to deal with customizations? Are they just out of scope? Uh, do we come up with a remediation plan and alternatives with cost benefits? And then there's a decision-making process. What, what guidance is there for the team? You know, what about an issue remediation? So what are the guiding principles, right, around the amount of time we invest in remediating issues? And many times that needs to be tied to you know, how many people is it impacting, how much content is impacting. Set those uh, parameters up front so the team can make quick decisions around remediation. Yep. And, and then really just looking at, you know, automation versus manual. You know, in some cases, it's, it's easier and more costly or, or less costly just to do a manual migration. An example of that might be video content, mm -hmm. right? A lot of customers will put video content out in SharePoint. They might have it out in a, a platform like Jive. And, you know, the number of videos might be in the hundreds, right? Not the thousands. Well, if it's hundreds of videos, yeah, it's really not that difficult of an effort to really download those videos to a file share. Uh, from one platform and then manually upload those to another file share, right, to another platform. So, you know, in, in some cases, it makes more sense to, to do a manual migration. So up front, you know, you're coming up with the, the principles and the criteria for helping the team decide, mm -hmm. you know, where do we invest in automation versus what's manual. Nice. So, you know, that was kind of my migration principles piece. Uh, and the next two areas are, you know, kind of, I, I think things everybody understands and, and most people do to a certain level but um, the first one is really you, you do have to understand your current state like I said you know depending on an organization's you know level of governance uh, you know there could be a lot of uh, SharePoint sprawl or, or Jive sprawl you know a lot of Jive places SharePoint sites that uh, you know there's no way IT knows everything that those sites are being used for how much content is there you know how many binary documents are there how many collaborative documents how many wiki pages, you know, exactly what's there, how many workflows are there, a part of that solution, uh, you know, how many web parts have been you know, added, et cetera. So critical, right, to get an inventory of what you have. You have to understand that current state. And what you're really looking for is the exceptions, mm -hmm. right? You're really looking for the customizations because that, that's where most of your remediation is going to be. Yep. Uh, and then the other part is, is kind of planning out your future state, right? So... You know, when you're going to Office 365, it's, it's not, you know, a, a simple lift and shift like it might be if I was going, you know, from one on-prem environment to another. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I really need to think through in SharePoint Online, you know, what is my information architecture? What's that going to look like? Um, what about my taxonomy? Because it's a great opportunity to really look at how can we, based on understanding my current state, how can I fine-tune that for a better you know, uh, search experience uh, and, and a better navigational experience in my future state. 
we think it's a, it's a great time to, to make those kind of decisions, not to over-engineer it, but to look for how can we simplify, how can we get more consistent across uh, this new platform. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing is, is branding. I mentioned that earlier, right? So SharePoint Online, you know, not branded, right, when you get there. And, and most people want to have a branded experience. They want some kind of a better experience. They want it to look and feel like their corporate brand or their, their divisional brand. And, you know, there's different ways to do branding in Office 365, right? You can have, there's, there's probably four to five different levels of branding, you know, as you kind of go up that, that, that chain, you get more and more into customizations, which are risky, right? In Office 365, mm-hmm. right? Changing master pages in Office 365 is a risky thing to do because, you know, Microsoft could put out updates to SharePoint Online that could break those master pages. So, um, but it's important to think about that, plan that out. And, and then just really picking a migration tool. Uh, we actually would, would suggest Metalogics. Uh, that's kind of our tool of choice. Uh, we found that tool to be, you know, that, that tool suite to be very robust uh, and again meets, you know, most uh, of the migration needs. Not all, as I said, but, um, you know, you will need a tool, you know, to get from an on-prem environment to Office 365. Mm-hmm. So that, those are my thoughts around, you know, planning and kind of what we've learned. Those are kind of the, the high points of that. Awesome. Awesome. What do we have to revert? wrap us up here so uh next is really i want to kind of talk about execution of, of migration so one of the things that we've you know found is uh, you, you hear a lot about different you know development implementation processes you hear the terms agile waterfall you know kanban and, and quite honestly what we've learned is that migrations are all of the above right so <laughs> there's different parts of a migration where you're going to be agile because you're learning stuff each day, you're identifying issues that you didn't think existed. You're mediating those issues, and you're 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 re, you're iterating through your migrations. You know there are parts that are pure waterfall. You know I got to get step done one first before I can I can move on to step to step two. So I guess my 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 point there is don't box yourself into one methodology or one process. Be willing to adapt and to flex because you're going to have to, right? It's just the nature of migration. Scrum bomb fall. Scrum bomb file. There you go. I like it. Um, so other things, numbers, these are just things kind of for people to think about, right? That will help your execution become more predictable. Um, one is, you know, do early proof of concepts of the migration. And what do I mean by a proof of concept? So a proof of concept is take, you know, one to four sites or places and using the tools mm-hmm. around migration. All right. And then assess, you know, that migration, what worked, what didn't work, what are the gaps? What you're really looking for is the gaps, what's not getting migrated and why is it not getting migrated? And, and then really just trying to then that the next thing is then, you know, plugging the gaps in those migration tools. So once you run that proof of concept, you'll see real clearly the gaps. And, and then you got to figure out how do I plug those gaps? Is it further automation than I do through my own manual scripting? Um, is it manual migration, right? Am I just going to manually migrate content? Or am I just going to say, you know what? There's not enough occurrences of that type of content. Let's just archive it. It's not going to get migrated. Or we tell the, you know, the users, we're not going to migrate it. 
you know, if you want to go get it, you've got X number of days to go get that content and move it to your new place. Mm-hmm. So, but that early POC, again, with migrations, you're just, each step of the way, you're trying to, to reduce risk, become more predictable, right? Because at the beginning, you have risks, you, you don't have a high level of predictability. You've got to get through the POC. Now I've, I've learned some things, I've eliminated some risk, and I'm getting more predictable. Um, and, and then the next step is, is you know, what most people do, and that's pilot migrations, right? And this is really where you got to get the business involved, right? And we're really, again, we, we want the business users to look at that, you know, that future state, right? Now your content, it's all been moved to SharePoint Online. Mm-hmm. You know, we want you to look and see what, what's that user experience like. Can you find that content? How easy is it for you to search and find the content you have out there, which is, is good. Again, you're, you're going to find issues. Some things are not going to work. Some things will be broken. Some content will be missing or it won't look the way they want it to look. But the beauty is you're, you're finding that early, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, again, you're trying to, to get down to that next level of reducing risk and getting to a more predictable end state. So it, it's a good thing. And, and you really want to, in those pilot migrations, you want... And, uh, so a pilot migration isn't just one. I don't just take, so pilot migrations, maybe it's 12 sites or 12 places. I'm not going to do that just one time. I'm going to do the pilot. I'm going to get the feedback. I'm going to make adjustments to my tools, to my scripts, to the branding and user experience. I'm going to migrate again and ask the users to look at it again. I'm going to get the feedback and I'm going to migrate again. It's almost like you're versioning the migration. Yeah, I mean, you, you're going through pilot until yeah. eventually, you know, we actually let customers to sign off. Uh-huh. So we like to get to the point of, I accept this future state, look, feel, the way the content's organized, mm-hmm. et cetera. So, um, you know, those iterative migrations uh, are important. And the other thing that you want to do during that is really capture the time to migrate, right? Because now, you know, before we start the production migrations, we, got, we want to have some way to predict you know, how long it's going to take to pull all that content mm-hmm. from my current state and push it into a cloud-based platform, right? That's really critical in, in that predictability. So you're able to at least to extrapolate off the data that you have from the pilots to a- do that. Absolutely. Yep, makes sense. Absolutely. And then just kind of a couple couple points as we get into the production migrations. I mean, we're big believers in, you know, breaking a big problem domain down into little pieces, right? And, and production migrations can be very, very big. So we're big believers in, in kind of breaking the migration up into batches or iterations, right? And you can work with customers to prioritize, you know, what content is most important. Maybe I migrate that first, but break it up into, into smaller iterations. That also enables you uh, in a smaller amount of content to, uh, A, validate, you know, the success of each iterative m- migration and, and to remediate any issues, mm-hmm. right? Because again, you know, you're, it's all about risk reduction and predictability and, and trying to, to move that, that dial each time. Uh, so you want to inspect and, and adapt after, after each iteration. And, and then at the end, you, know, you really want to be prepared to run uh, you know, what we call delta migrations. So you know, it may take a, a while to actually extract content and push that content to the new platform. And, you know, there's different ways to mitigate that. Some people will actually lock down the, the source system, right, and, and mm-hmm. disable people using that system. Others say, I can't do that. It's mission critical. I can't stop people from continuing to use it. 
And, uh, and in that case, you got to come back and kind of pick up all the changes, mm-hmm. right? And you may have to push those changes. So, you know, be prepared and think about, you know, depending on your you know, migration approach and strategy, you know, think about having that delta migration as something that is a way to mitigate that kind of incremental need to, to pull new content. Nice. So, um, yeah, that was my, my part in, in, on uh, execution. And, and then lastly, you know, Danny is just, you know, overall communication and, and governance. And, and that's, you know, that's so key and so critical. And again, it's all about setting expectations. I mean, Danny, I mean, you know, we're a big believer that uh, a, a good customer for us is an educated customer. Yep, absolutely. Uh, they understand what's going to happen, how they're going to be impacted, you know, what their day-to-day, you know, uh, interaction is, is going to look like and feel like and be like. So, yeah, that's all about communication and getting them prepared for, you know, the, this new world and, and the new user experience that they're going to have and understanding how they can find their content. So, you know, that that's just so key is that the education piece and, and making sure they are, are ready and they understand and and uh, expectations have been set. And then, you know, especially as you go into SharePoint Online, governance is critical. You know, if you don't have a governance plan, and, and a lot of people say they do, but they they really don't, or, or, or if they do, they don't really use it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think as you go into these cloud-based environments, you know, they actually enforce a bit more governance because it's not as easy uh, to just, you know, stand things up and, and create sites and, and create places. So, uh, but governance is really important, really kind of um, having a way that you're going to govern those cloud-based environments so that they stay structured, they, they, they stay in, in, a, in a controlled environment, but, you know, yet you still give users the flexibility to, you know, do the things they need to do to, to run their business. So, uh, I'll kind of close it with that as okay. my, my kind of last thought related to this. And um, well, this has been this has been great. I think just for somebody preparing to make the move to Office 365 slash SharePoint Online, I think there's a lot of great points that you brought out into this. I know you, we've been doing a lot of these projects over the last year, and I foresee us in this upcoming year helping out a lot of people with this as well. So hopefully this gives them some insights and some things to think about when preparing to, to make the move. So, um, I, again, I know these are tough projects and it sounds like you, you're, uh, the team is using their, a lot of things that they've learned from, um, their app dev background with versioning and sort of chunking up things and really using that background, uh, as an advantage for these migrations. It's, uh, I, I love how flexible you guys are and learn and then share it and then go and you know roll it out into the next project we go after you guys are doing a great job yeah absolutely danny and every every environment is different every mm-hmm. customer is different uh, and there's always uh, new experiences for us and, and new things we learn and, and we love it because we get to kind of capture that and uh, reuse it and apply it uh, you know on the next migration so mm-hmm. yeah uh, that's the kind of stuff we enjoy we, we enjoy the challenges mm-hmm. you know we we enjoy um, you know, making sure that our customers are successful in that, you know, that, that at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're very committed to making sure those end users have a great experience, mm-hmm. you know, when they get to SharePoint online, yep. you know, that's, so we have a lot of passion around that, as you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, one of the things I first talk when I talk with people about migrations is you could do everything perfectly in the migration and get everything migrated over, you know, exactly like it should be. 
But if you didn't have a communication plan, if you you didn't set expectations with your end users around this, it would be considered a failure. So I'm glad you wrapped up with that because I think that's something important that we end up coaching our customers on how to do that effectively. So that's really important. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you. If you've made it through to this point, we're almost at 30 minutes. I think I've used up all my marketing budget on the transcription for this, but we'll see. (laughs) We'll see how that goes. But uh, uh, thank you so much for taking the time. If you're making the move, obviously, to um, SharePoint Online uh, and want someone with a lot of experience to do this, um, we've we've got a lot of good things that we've learned through the years. And it's, you know, it's a one time thing. Um, that people are going through it and it really doesn't make sense to, you know, using your internal folks to learn all the lessons that we've learned, you know, use an out, outsource this and we can coach you through the whole thing and point you to the right tools and the right ways of doing this so that that migration is a, a success. And so uh, we'd love to hear from you. Come to the Three Wheel site and come through the Contact Us page and you'll interact with Bruce and I on an estimate and all the good stuff. And uh, we'll get you moved over so that you can take advantage of all the wonderful things that Microsoft is doing uh, in, in Office 365. So thanks again, Bruce, for taking the time to do this. Absolutely. I've enjoyed it, Danny. Great. Everybody have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.